Welcome back, welcome back. Um, this is Not Your Typical Booty Scratchers. My name is Peter Adjerman. I'm Dooley, Abdullah Kante. And uh, yeah, we're back. Um, you know, episode one was groundbreaking for us. Uh, we kind of spoke on a bunch of different topics, got a bunch of uh, constructive criticism from you guys, um, dived into a lot of uh, deep topics as well. So um, what do you think about the first episode? Man, I think uh, it was only right, you know, for yep. that to be the first episode. Uh, a lot of the feedback we got, people were able to tell that, you know, we have a relationship. And not only that, but, like, we're not just having baseless conversations. You know what I'm saying? Like, it felt good to hear about stuff that they actually are talking about or thinking about. So I think uh, with that feedback, it's, it's only up from here, man. Hey, uh, a lot of people hit me up about the Lori Lightfoot shit. Uh, <laughs> she <laughs> which, is a joke. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I gotta say this. I gotta rescind some of my statements I made the last time we shot. Uh, she's a op. Um, to me, it doesn't make sense, not to dive deep into this already, bro, but it really don't make sense to me that you can't strike a deal with the Chicago Teachers Union. And yeah. I think I told you too, uh, a Vic Mensa tweet that I love, bro, he was like, Lori got smoke for, you know, the Chicago Teachers Union, but not the police. And Facts. I honestly feel like that's that's her M.O. That's Facts. basically who she is as a person. Um, so, yeah, I want to take back anything, everything I said the first episode. Um, yeah, that's about it. And that's why I say, bro, she was sent down to us <laughs> with an agenda. For real, though. Like, I'm saying it yeah. in a funny manner, but, like, obviously it's politics at the end of the day. Like, Facts. they're never really going to cater to a certain demographic. You know, but when they are running and they're petitioning for everything, they want to make it look like we matter and like they mm -hmm. care about us just because they understand one of us type shit. You know what I'm saying? Not only that, but they understand the power of having us on their side. You know, mm. so it's 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 way it's way bigger. It's just unfortunate that like, you know, she is one of us, so we expected a lot more. You know, I think a lot of people like way bigger picture, and you know, it's years behind us now. But a lot of people expected Barack to have way more of an impact on our community than he yeah. actually did. But we have to understand that they serve a bigger purpose. You know what I mean? And that's there's only true. so much that they can really do for us. And that's why I just always bring it back to we got to be the change we want to see. Because they ass not going to do nothing. That's, that's <laughs> real. That's real. Um, like you mentioned in the first episode, I think voting locally is super important. I think uh, we kind of take that for granted. You All know? the time. I, I remember even being at IIT. Um, I had somebody that was like super politically motivated and he would always talk about like, yo, even voting in your district can change like bus routes and shit for people to get access to different places. Facts. So at the time, I think there was a 31st Street bus um, that was able to get kicked into the CTA route mm -hmm. before they didn't have that. So even even little stuff like that goes a long way. So, yeah, man, man. But other than that, how you been feeling, man, since episode one? How's life been treating you? Uh what you got going on before we hop into everything? Uh, so I believe, um, I f actually feel pretty good. Um, no wild Trump news on <laughs> that's, my, that's my timeline. Um, so I'm very, very grateful for that. Um, overall, just trying to work at, you know, bettering myself as a person, um, eating better, working out more, trying to fucking cut back on coffee. I wish I could say the same. Well, my eyes twitching right now. <laughs> just acting up. But, um, yeah, overall, man, I'm blessed, man. You know, this pandemic and cold weather kind of made me realize there's a lot of people 
um, who are in fucked up situations. So, you know, I'm definitely blessed and privileged and thankful. And um, I could be in a way worse predicament. So I'm super thankful. That's all we you? can do at the end of the day. Is just yeah. be thankful we woke up. We got, Amen, bro. you know, we have our life. We have all the resources we need. We have our health. We man. have our health. Yeah, that's... People taking that for granted right now. Yep. But... Me, man, I'm cold. <laughs> it's cold as hell outside. Um, yeah. You never get used to this shit, too. No, nah, not at all. Yeah. But I think that's just the beauty of, like, being in Chicago for me, to be honest, because mm. I kind of take the seasons as, like, different opportunities to, like, execute and kind of, like, grind grind in certain regards. I look, you do that, too. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. So it's, like, right now it's good as hell that it's cold because it's really forcing me to stay in the crib, actually, like, lock in, do some work, just so that, you know, when things do open back up life gets warm again like you know I you can just hit the ground running wait, <laughs> i remember uh, i was just looking at some videos in my photo album uh, me and my homeboy went to detroit and we were at a music concert and i'm mm. just looking at this video me jumping around all these white people i'm like man i can't believe like it just seemed like a different world bro <laughs> yeah it's crazy. it's crazy when you sat back and looked at those videos did you think about social distancing and like not at all bro. I, was, <laughs> Facts. I was in it bro i wonder when life gucci came like, out bro he was yeah. watching gucci performance the shit. right like, way it was uh i just can't believe it man like and moving forward i just feel like it's not gonna be the same like i was just on the elevator today getting a breakfast sandwich uh in my building and this dude came in the elevator using a fucking scarf as a mask then he gets on the elevator and he pulls it down. This nigga yawning and shit. I'm like, bro. Like, I looked at him like, you're not going to put on a mask? Nah. And he didn't know what to say, so. You know, I fall victim to stuff like that in my building. Because, like, if it's something quick, I swear, I mean. Dude, put on that mask. I know, bro. bro. This nigga yawning I... on my, bro. Like, come on. Ain't nobody trying to smell hot breath. And The other day I got offended, though, because somebody told me, like, yo, you can't hop on this elevator with me. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like you know what I feel you and I respect you can't even that. be mad at it but yeah. I was though <laughs> it was like damn you think I'd really get on this joint if I was sick bro I mean, that's like, real that's but real I feel it, somebody though. actually told you that bro I swear to god but he was an older dude too you it know? was like a full elevator it was uh, nah bro it was literally just, just him, him and me <laughs> Like, folks told me, nah. He like, just looked at you like, one time. Was like, nah, bro. I For don't real. You on this shit. And I be seeing him all the time too. So now I just give him that look. You know, you hey, feel me? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man. Close the door on them and shit. Um, everything is everything, though, man. Um, once again, I'm excited. We started doing this. Um, really giving the people what they need, and I think that's been kind of like my motivation these last couple weeks. So you know, stay up to date with the news. Um, actually. Mm-hmm. Just be current and, you know, give the people what they want. I agree, man. Um, people have definitely reached out and told me and you as well, you know, how much they appreciate the topics we spoke on. So hopefully with this second episode, you know, we give you guys what you want and do a better job than the first one. So. And with that, we'll hop into Black History Month. You know, it is February, um, the month about us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I just think we wanted to start everything off and just talk about Black History Month. You know, uh, it is the 45th year of mm-hmm. Black History Month, um, on, like with that being recognized in Canada and the UK. Yep, yep. Um, so, yeah, where you want to start with that, man? What you what you thinking? Man, I honestly just want to start off with uh, our introduction to, to Black History Month. Like we we kind of and then we can get into the historical stuff behind it. But. I guess my question to you is, uh, you know, because we both went to the same grade school and the Mm -hmm. same high school. So what was your experience uh, in learning about black history that you can remember in uh, grade school in Ignatius? 
So grade school, school is crazy because I can never remember anything about black history being taught in grade school. I'm going to just tell you, bro, we didn't learn a goddamn <laughs> yeah, you feel me? boy, yeah. nothing, bro. We went to one of the most like unorthodox schools yeah. that you could ever think of. Like, Vietnamese folk, yeah. Ethiopian, Eritrean, shout out to Mahabasha people. And it was uh, right in the middle of the hood, too. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Facts, 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 <laughs> um, facts, facts, but facts. They, didn't, they didn't cater to... Black History Month, anything of that nature. I don't even think we got King Day off, to be honest. <laughs> like when I when I sit back and think, and it's really sad that like when you sit back and think about eight years of your life that you don't remember anything about Black History. You know, being mm-hmm. there, um, high school, as you know, we went to St. Ignatius, which was predominantly white. Mm-hmm. Um, all the black kids sit at one table, bro. Seriously, like for lunch, for everything, like we all just grouped together. Um, which was hey, low key. I thought about it in retrospect, bro. We that had a club. Crazy. No, not only that, bro. We had a club called Middle Passage, dog. Like, that's so fucked up that we had a club called Middle Passage at an all-white high school. See, but I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a take the opposite side of that. I think that name, kind of like even the title of our podcast, yeah. like, I'm pretty sure black people came up with the name for that group. I don't think no white fucking, who was Miss Luby or whatever, uh, I don't think yeah. they came up with the name for that. I think... Middle Passage, if you know the historical significance behind the phrase, um, I think that name is powerful because you can't, like, when you say it, you can't duck and dodge it. That's facts. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just right there. Now, granted, like, we was, what, sophomores, juniors and shit, uh, you know, basically trying to get the message out. Um, But thinking about it now in retrospect, I feel like it fell upon deaf ears at the time. I feel like it was just a group to appease black people and that's what i was just about to say it was like with such a strong name we still had to walk on eggshells and walk a thin line you know between like when we were allowed to participate in you know school events like there were certain things that we couldn't do or couldn't say because Mm -hmm. you know we didn't want to offend donors or like offend Mm -hmm. other people in the school and stuff like that and like we had one class called african-american history you know about us um but aside from that you know black history wasn't really taught and i just think for me growing up i had to do a lot of it outside the house um thankfully like my dad is super big into black history and like always was i wouldn't say making me read books but putting stuff in front of my face you know like he has pictures at the crib with cornell west and harry belafonte and stuff like that with people he's actually met so it's just made me take a liking and want to understand more like what are they not telling us and why are they not telling us these parts of our history and you know little things such as dreadlocks or you know Mm -hmm. the people who are black who invented damn near every resource we use today but we don't get the credit for it so um black history has been something different for me because it wasn't taught in school and i had to do a lot of it outside Mm -hmm. um but i'm grateful and thankful for like the internet and you know these resources that are at our disposal you just got to go get it uh to kind of branch off that topic i um i think a reason why especially for us as younger kids why we didn't get i know at least for me not i just it just hit me you know our parents are immigrants yeah i think um you know to kind of bounce off your topic uh a reason why we probably weren't put in tune with a lot of black histories because our parents were immigrants and you know, when they came to the U.S., their first instinct was survival. So, you know, had we had parents that were from here, and I think if we had parents that were a little more affluent, they probably put those books in front of us like, yo, you should read about Harold Washington. Yep. You know, you should read about 
um, Fred Hampton, Malcolm X, uh, Martin Luther King. Um, but our parents were so concerned with, yo, how am I going to feed my kids? You know, this is a new environment for me. Um, so I think that's where it starts. Now, with our schools, like, I don't know. You know Buddy that does the uh, – he's on Twitter. He always posts funny videos. He does, like, the LeBron after a game, and he'd be choking J.R. Yeah, Smith. Yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 And he put up one that uh, I think a lot of people relate to is, like, when you go to history class and you're flipping through, you know, the black history section, mm. that shit only three pages. Three pages, That dog. shit three pages. Three this page. fucking – I could tell you too. It's uh, Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King, fucking, and then they sprinkle Jim Crow. Yeah, they sprinkle Jim Crow in there, um, and just a lot of like filler shit. Like I didn't yeah. even know about um, what I think Russell Westbrook is producing a documentary on uh, Black, Black Wall, Street. Wall Street in Oklahoma. Like yeah. I, I didn't know about that probably till maybe two years ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that just goes to show you uh, how much information one isn't being spread, and two. Something that's super important is reading. Yeah. Reading is important. Like it sucks, a, but it's important. Yeah, <laughs> like you really got to train your brain like a muscle to read. But honestly, um, I feel like a lot of relevant information, whether it be black history, uh, life information, you know, financial stuff, is all in text. And they know motherfuckers not going to read. So you're basically withholding yourself from yep. access to knowledge. So if you can, if you can read up on stuff, I super encourage it, super duper encourage it because they're not going to do the work for us. So, And even if you lazy, man, go on Twitter, go, <laughs> yeah, on, facts, uh, go on IG, facts. go on Facebook, hit the hashtag Black History Month, you know, celebrate Black History Month. I'm pretty sure there's a bunch of pages out there just putting out history, you know, mm-hmm. right now and that you could save, you could bookmark so that you can actually, you know, take that next step if you're that interested and learn more about it. And, you know, because a lot of the stuff that we read about today, like, it's hard to say if it's true or not because they've erased so much out of history. You got to dig deeper to see, like, all right, how much does this pop up? How much, you know, where is the actual truth to it? So mm. if you don't feel like reading, man, use what you have at your disposal. Make your life easier and, you know, things will be good. 100% for us. So I, I just want to dive into a little bit about uh, the history of black, the history behind Black History Month. So um, it was far, founded, excuse me, by Carter G. Woodson. Um, Carter G. Woodson was originally from Virginia, but moved to Chicago. Um, he attended uh, the University of Chicago, um, where he got his doctorate degree. Um, and I believe his bachelor's as well. And prior to him, the only person that accomplished that feat that was a person of color was Dubois, okay. um, W.E.B. Dubois. Um, so basically, his whole uh, incentive for starting the quote-unquote holiday was kind of how or what we just spoke about how Mm -hmm. we felt like we weren't really introduced into black lineage and black history so he took it upon himself um to found to find a group which basically um spread out the information Mm -hmm. so initially when he started he did it locally um you know with the civil rights movement happening around that time it kind of caught fire and in different uh states and cities um, people began to celebrate it across college campuses. Um, and I believe our first president was that recognized it as an official holiday was Ford, Gerald Ford. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, just a little background behind that. Um, and I guess, you know, tell me about, you know, people you look up to um, in black history, I guess, in the movement. 
um, some of your icons and idols growing up, kind of people you look to for guidance, just, you know, things you're into and your black heroes that are a part of that. Man, <clears throat> going down the line, like, I think it's, it's interesting for me because I pull bits and pieces from people like that, you know, they may be a horrible person, but if there's like <laughs> one characteristic yeah. about them, you know, like, I take it like, feel me? But first, I think I'll start and say like Bob Marley um, mm. is a black person, mm. you know, um, who means a lot to me just when I grew up on reggae. So just that whole vibe and like what the music Reggae music itself, what you know about reggae? bro. What if you, you know think if you reggae? think about it, reggae music is really like the music of the revolution, and it's mm. the music of the people. You feel me? Like if you mm. listen to what they're talking about, they talking about what used to happen back in the day. Like Bob Mar, if people don't know, Bob Marley's father, if I'm not mistaken, was a white like sheriff. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Back in Jamaica, who took a liking to. Bob Marley's mom and like so he's actually like half and half but the yeah. fact that that created a bigger picture for him because he was able to understand like yo this is what happens with like the rich and then I live in the dirt poor you know what I'm the saying slums, this shit's not yeah. fair so it led him into into reggae music and they talk a lot about freedom and like rights and if you look into you know the Rastafarians and stuff like that like they're huge and mean a lot um after after Bob Marley I'd I truly say, um, you know, Kobe is another one. Um, Cornell West is another one for me. Uh, kind of biased because of like my dad growing up, really, really liking him. But that's a man who's about the people. He's about like group unity and kind of making yourself like uncomfortable to be comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't stay stagnant in this world. And he refuses to let you ignore like this blatant ignorance this blatant racism that you know we do encounter day in and day out um malcolm x mm. and i'm gonna leave uh I, that's gonna be my last one so that i can give you one give you some time to share but malcolm x from a different perspective for me uh it, it wasn't until i got older that i began to understand what he was on and what yeah. he was doing um especially like post going to Mecca and how he changed and like le kind of left the nation of Islam because he realized that what they was about was more so like not what he was trying to you know move forward with but that's a Didn't strong they come man up with like conspiracy theories about the nation you know, and why, trying yeah. to take him out or something like that and that's why I say do your research because we don't know what's what yeah, you know what I'm saying true. boy the boy ain't lying good uh, um, but that's a that's a strong man a lot of people think of him as you know solely violent and then Martin Luther King was the one who was nonviolent but if you take a look into the teachings and like the action that Malcolm X actually did that was a, a great and a strong man a wise man who wasn't for none. <laughs> uh, I 3,000% agree with that. Um, I think Malcolm X, man, my favorite part about his story is just kind of, I'm really big into like transformation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm really big into knowing that you're walking down one road that's not for you. And it might take you falling and bumping your head and cracking your head open to know that, you know, hey, this is the way I should be going. Facts. And you're, and it's like, once you take another route, your whole world is like, a part of your brain that hasn't been tapped into that just opened. So that's that's what I admire about uh, Malcolm. Um, for me, I'm going to take it somewhere else. I'm going to say, uh, so I grew up in Uptown. 
Um, and I want to give a shout out to one of the people that used to work in there. His name is Lloyd. Lloyd, excuse oh, me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and just, I don't know, now that I'm older and I'm, I'm looking back and I'm just thinking about, you know, because when you're kids, like your whole, like you don't know what the hell is going on. Not you're just all. a kid in your own fucking little world. You and your homies hooping and stealing shit out of stores and, you know what I'm saying, doing shit like that. But I really want to take the time out to shout out Lloyd and JB and all of them because, you know, a bunch of kids in that neighborhood kind of went in all different directions, but the club was like a place all my life. everybody could come to and be safe. Like, all if your life. home was fucked up, you know what I'm saying, you get into it with your parents. Um, basically, if your home wasn't a home or if you was just like a regular kid like me, like your parents is forcing you to, to go because they don't get off work until yeah. 6 or 7 o'clock. <laughs> Um, just the, the, the young black people in my neighborhood who were able to kind of like take us in as little bros, you know what I'm saying? Like camp counselors and shit for us, keep us out of trouble. Um, you know, it kind of shows right from wrong. I think my brother, uh, was in college at the time. So a lot of my big brother kind of influence came from those people in those groups, um, so shout out to Lloyd, shout out to JB. And when it comes to like professionals, I would say um, I'm a big fan of Shannon Sharp, man. That's my dude. I think Shannon Sharp is amazing. I think Shannon Sharp is unapologetic. Um, to sit up there. And, <laughs> I'll be on the fence about dude, bro. bro they be having him with Woods this, and Hennessy, uh, folks. Because he's a real man, one, bro. Gee, that's fucking appropriation. No, it's not. If Skip, a, if Skip was doing that shit, I'd be like, okay, cool. Bro. Now we took it too far, but. He a real one, bro. Gee, but that's just he making it look like every black person. He played for the old three Ravens, bro. I'm the realest <laughs> yeah, that's niggas facts, that's ever, facts. bro. The I realest. give him that. But what he be doing on ESPN and all of them, bro, I'm like, gee. Bro, I'm like, gee, how much is your check that they got that's you out a, here with I some mean, woods and, and some Hennessy in a robe and shit? So that's, that's, that's <laughs> Like, come on now, bro. Like, why, why, why won't they have Skip? You know, be at the crib in a robe, sipping some wine, because he's a white know, guy. Damn, you know what I'm saying? Well, Skip but, don't know shit about that. Skip <laughs> never seen a black amount in his life. But <laughs> I think uh, with, with Shannon, as they call him, Unc, I think that's what I like the most about him, though. Facts. You know what he's I'm saying? Him. Yeah, exactly. I think being my, I guess even you probably notice the people you look up to the most usually are the most unapologetic. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Facts. They don't give a fuck. Like, about they nothing. don't. They don't care about who they are. Um, expressing their personalities on screen and in person. So um, I love uh, Unk. I think Unk is a great role model. I think uh, he does a good job of not tiptoeing around racial inequalities in sports. Like, uh, not to shit on or step on anybody's role model, but when it comes to Tom Brady, like, he points out double standards. He'll be like, yo... How come the Lamars and the Deshauns of the world, you know, face certain backlash about trying to leave when fucking Tom Brady's trying to skip out of New England? And it's like, oh, you know, he needs to go somewhere else. He doesn't have enough weapons, blah, blah, blah. And they treat him completely different. So I love Unk, man. I think, uh, you know, (laughs) to your point, I think maybe bring a Hennessy and... (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I don't know who who's who behind that. Yeah, man, but bro. you know, he he keep it a hundred, bro. He it's, keep it a hundred, and it's um, Billy and ESPN for talking about that's gonna get everybody watching. Yeah, I you mean it is. I'm not mad at it, but also, bro, it's like he's he bringing he's, them views too, though. So yeah, I can't even be mad. And he, he being himself, he's taking what um 
I think he's taking the professionalism of a Stuart Scott and the fucking blackness mm. of uh, Stephen mm. A. Mm-hmm. And he plays sports. like he, it's, yep. Yeah, like he really won Super Bowls. Like he was really in them locker rooms. Uh, he really knows a lot of these athletes behind the scenes. That's a fact. So I think uh, he's like the perfect merger of athlete, of black athlete um, and black media person. And again, just him being super unapologetic about himself and his personality is what I love the most. I love that. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I know you're super big into fashion, so I want to get your Man. insight. You tapped in super with black designers and stuff. So, yeah, some people you look to and rock with in the in the fashion world. Right now, um, I'm rocking with a lot of the guys out of Chicago. To be mm. completely honest with you, you no know shit. my my homies Corey Demond, Ron Louie. Uh, Christopher Kites, uh, man, if I'm forgetting any of y'all, please don't hate me, but y'all doing the damn thing. <laughs> Sweats by Stu, Malik with Rich So, like, really appreciate everything that y'all got going on, and y'all pushing everybody to really realize that, like, Chicago is where it's at, you know what I'm saying? And um, to take that even a step further, I really love what, um, what's his name, Kirby with Pierre, Pierre Moss, Mm. And what they got going on over there, like that shit is fire. Too. Yeah, it's, I'm not gonna lie. Not they, only that though, bro. I don't they're fuck with Reebok, bro. But he's I doing his that, thing. Bro, that shit is crazy. And they have given him complete like autonomy to do his thing, to Great be like the face, to have fashion, like sustainable fashion for one, but then have like statement pieces. Mm. He done had his stuff on like Michelle Obama, you know, other Word. like super true notable true people. Um, and he's just like paving the way. And showing people that you can really do it. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And don't get me wrong, like I love Virgil Abloh, but <laughs> if it, if I'm gonna call anybody oh like my God. a coon, I'm gonna call him one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, dude, man. And then he just be overpricing everything, like six yeah. X sizes for all his overpriced. But anyways, he's doing great stuff. I love how he's t- elevated, you know, the fashion game for black people and showing them that you can get into spaces like Louis Vuitton and mm, things of that major. nature. Um, Dapper Dan, man, that's one of the OGs. You know what OG. I'm saying? Like they blackballed this man and took him out the game to the point where they had to give him his own like franchise essentially. Right. Even though I feel like that was to pacify him, um, because dude was getting his own money and they was mad that they couldn't do nothing about it. Um, that's that's a legend right there. You know, when you think about sweatsuits and you think about um what is it monogram print suits and things like that body and that shit that was all him from a from a shop i think it was like harlem you know what i'm saying like doing all the africans and the immigrants and yeah yep yep, so uh i mean it's 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 tons more but right now i'm super optimistic about the 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 way that we're going um is black fashion creators uh creatives and uh Man, right now I got oh my boy Richeza Roper, you know what I'm saying? Like we got to support that. I've been seeing that a lot, bro. Yeah, bro. I've been seeing Slime season for real, That's for real. You know what I'm saying? That's a tough hoodie. Joe Freshkas, how did I forget him? Got the hat on. So we doing a lot of things here in the city, man, and it's it's only up from here. Why do you? Let me ask you this, bro, because I'm genuinely interested. Because I, I I always get both answers on uh, this topic. Why do you feel the way you feel about Virgil? I'm I'm genuinely interested. Why 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 does Virgil strike a chord with you as somebody that I guess you could say probably I don't know if this is politically correct, but I guess plays both sides of the fences cuz 
a black man in Louis Vuitton, bro, that is that's huge. huge, bro. That's, huge. that's that's super major. That's unprecedented. And I always think back to like when Kanye was doing them early uh, Breakfast Club interviews, and he's talking about like uh, or the Zane Lowe interviews, and he's talking about trying to crack into the uh, fashion industry, and how hard it is for a black man, like how hard it was for him to even get his foot in the door. So I, I always look at those kind of guys as forefathers in a way. But I just I'm just interested, like why why do you feel the way you feel? I'm gonna if keep it hundred. If you do feel a certain way, I'm gonna keep it hundred. I'm super happy for him, one thousand percent. I I'm just super big on loyalty and, mm. and and all of that. And from what I see and from what I hear, dude don't give back to those in Chicago who helped him elevate and helped him get to the spaces that he was supposed to get to that That's he done gotten to. You know what I'm saying? Like to the point where when he did have his exhibit at you know uh the Museum of Art which I attended which is actually pretty fire I'm it not was lie. it was fire but like he didn't invite you know Corey and and the leaders crew um mm. there like on opening night and had like a small shirt you know of theirs in the exhibit but that was instrumental in his growth you know what I'm saying mm. and a lot of people the tried to brush it yeah you know yeah, like yeah, a lot trail. of people tried to brush that off as man you know when you get to certain levels of stature your story is your story you don't got to give credit but I'm really big on like loyalty you know what I'm saying speak to how you got to where you got to mm. you know um and and be real with it like Talk to the people about what's going on and don't just brush it under the rug. Oh, yeah, I give, you know, $5,000 to scholarships. Let me get $2 to these niggas and call it a day. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's not what's up. But all in all, I'm happy for them. I'm I'm going to say this, bro, and something I had to learn about the internet. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Like, the internet is is a fucking lie. Like, everything... Everything you see on the internet, like, you're not really there. Niggas could be, like, one of my favorite things is people that go out and be recording themselves mm-hmm. and shit at a music show, but you kind of not enjoying You're not, you're not, you're not even present. And you're yeah, not like, that shit exactly, in. Yeah. exactly. And so I I really can't speak to what Virgil does behind the scenes. Facts. I think um, he does a lot. I know he's a former architect. Um, at a, My former uh, IIT. school, IIT. A dog. Um, so he... Like, again, with the overpriced shit, which is hilarious, because Pyrex tees used to be, like, 500 for a, a, a angel printed on a T-shirt um, that I definitely wasn't buying. And the shorts, the Catch mesh gym shorts we yeah, used to wear would be, like, bro, 250. I used to be so thirsty for them shorts. Boy, I'm so happy I never bought a pair. Facts. Uh, but, you know, I can never speak against somebody that who I personally don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't. I just know once you reach a certain level, like the point you brought up, sometimes you might get disconnected, but I don't think it's a a, a, a you thing. I think it's just kind of what's on your plate at the Facts. moment. Like, I can't force Virgil to pay attention to everything that's happening all the time. Like, they make you basically the lead of uh, Louis Vuitton and... You know, like your world is like that's a lot of work, bro. That's a lot 1, of thousand percent. That's a lot of work. You and I don't know if you saw a show. The show was amazing, but I just I just think like one man can only do so many things. You Facts. know what I'm saying? And again, like I didn't even know about kind of the um, him not reaching out to the the guys in Chicago. But that also reminds me, <clears throat> excuse me, of uh, this is completely off topic. But when Gucci and uh, Jeezy did they battle and um I think um this dude named Meezy uh who manages I think he managed Vaughn for a little bit. 
was talking about how the big discord between Jeezy and Gucci in Atlanta is that when Jeezy blew up, Jeezy never reached out to the artists under him. Now, Gucci, bro, Gucci got a tape with Thug, Gucci with got everybody. a tape with Future, Gucci he got Pee-wee and all, you know what I'm saying? Like, Gucci really reached out to a lot of the younger, and A&R basically, and I think that's kind of like the divide. Like, Virgil, we might not see per se kind of reach, not down, but reach into the city and kind of pull from the city. Whereas a Joe Fresh Goods, he's mm. he seems really more organic. Like he's here all the time. Um, his pop ups are in the city. Um, lines be fucking three, four blocks long and shit like that. So I just feel like it comes down to kind of what's on your plate and what you're looking towards. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the Joe Fresh Goods of the world kind of or more grassroots than a Virgil per se. So that makes sense. It's like I said, man. I respect everything about his grind and how he's gotten to where he's at but just like from what i do know him was based on the internet you know what i'm saying it's like loyalty is everything for me and the fact Mm. that he hasn't truly exhibited that it just make me feel like yeah you know i feel that i I respect (laughs) that i respect that i I feel the same way about yay you know what i'm saying like to this day yay hopped on on the on the remix to to sosa shit uh, back in oh, 2013, like yeah, yeah. But Sosa said beat. to this day he has yet to speak to dude. You know yeah, what I'm saying? That's crazy. That's you know, crazy. Like, that's, so, that's nuts to me. That. <laughs> so it, it's just little stories like that, bro. But that's neither here nor there. We have to support our people. Black unity is the only way we're going to get to where we're going to get to. That's a so. fact. I think uh, just having people in those positions at the end of the day, you know, just having somebody that can even write books about it later on so if the next person the, yep. the the better version of that person comes along they could take that info run with it so yeah man that's that's all i got on that man shout out to virgil shout out to joe shout out to all the guys duly shouted out man. man um and just black history month as a whole um it's a great month to really kind of tap into who you are as a person um tap into your ancestry um you know buy black celebrate black um and yeah, just a great time. Honestly, I feel like we're in the midst of a of a upheaval, a revolution. Just kind of like we're flipping the page. Minds are starting to click. Information is being shared. We're kind of like getting in tune with who we are as uh, African Americans. So now more than ever, man, just kind of tap into who you are. Um, do research, read, and um, yeah, be a better blacker version of you. To close that out, if it, if you don't do anything. If you do do anything related to black history this month, just take at least 10 minutes a day, you know, and just do some quick research, whether it's fashion-based, music-based, entertainment, education. Just learn, you know what I'm saying? Echo everything Big Bro said, and it's, it's our month, man. So take Support advantage Support black businesses. Go get black coffee. Facts. Buy black. <laughs> the shit my boy wearing is black designers. You, you feel, feel me? me? I'm, I'm lacking for sure. There's probably some Zara shit, but... <laughs> Like my my boy's super into that man and um my T ten deep under here too so I'm I'm black designer out you feel yeah, me yeah I, he, I do he this. really he really <laughs> about that and I honestly man I need to do more research that's why you know what I meant to hit you up uh, before we close this uh, <laughs> sincerely Richard man Facts. when I when I when I got on your website and just that platform to have all these different black designers on it bro is fire appreciate that i think i hit you about trying to get some boots because tim's is not winter boots bro they i love tim's but 
you basically ice yeah you ice skating with Tim's when it's cold outside so um I remember hitting you up about trying to get some boots and you just pointed me to your website and I was just able to go in I think they had a you had a breakdown of like yeah. uh, each different type you know what I'm saying little gym shit like shoes that. casual shoes boots just and then if you want to break it down by clothes you got accessories tops bottoms by men by women so yeah head to silly richard grab all your stuff you know we we keep you up to date man for real yes erski uh let's jump into yeah go ahead bro yeah man uh closing out that black history segment up next, we're just going to talk about this stock market crazy frenzy that's been going on uh, these last, <laughs> what was it, two weeks, three weeks? Yep, Robin yep. Hood's been in the news. Um, what was it? Bitcoin has been in the news. Bitcoin, Dogecoin has Dogecoin, been in the news. AMC shares, GameStop shares. Kodak. Yep, All yep, of that. Yep, you know what I'm yep. saying? So it's been, it's been crazy to see. Um, well, first, I guess we can talk about the positives and how for a few days... People was eating. Motherfuckers running it up. You know what I'm saying? Running it up. Running it up. And then just like any and everything else, that shit just went <laughs> quick. Super yo, quick because too many people was making money. Too much bread. Too yeah. much bread. And like, I don't want to be that guy and, and say like racially, you know, it was too many black people were making. It was more of a case of like the poor was getting rich and mugs was mad. The script was flipped. Yes, you know what I'm saying? Yes, and it's like, that's been the overarching problem in this country the entire time it's like no equal uh what is it uh divide of wealth at all mm -hmm. and like something like stock markets which is people just putting money into businesses the same way we would go to their store and buy something you know we just eating off of them now it's like y'all want to cause some some chaos because we're just spending money a different way like right. it just didn't make sense to me man and it's fucked up uh, I think um, if we if we want to get into like the logistics of it, so basically, uh, you know, there's a bunch of uh, investors on Reddit yep. who kind of got into the business of kind of following stock, and um, their whole mindset basically was like, okay, they want to go against what I think is somewhat yeah. of inside train or insider training, where basically you. The insiders, quote unquote, kind of see the performance of stock beforehand. Like mm -hmm. they basically know what's going to happen with stock. They know um, the prices are selling that and they bet against that. So the, the shout out to the Reddit guys. Uh, there's a specific Reddit group that I don't know their names in particular uh, off the top of my head right now. But um, they basically raise the value of that stock, yes, sir. you know, and were able to kind of trade amongst themselves. Um, therefore, like we talked about kind of flipping the script and once the script is flipped and you're not playing by certain rules that people have been eating off of to your point, then it's like, oh shit, we want to shut this shit down. Man. Like, y'all, y'all, like, like we said, y'all, y'all getting a little bit too much bread. Um, and I think that just speaks volumes and not just the stock market, but just kind of a lot of things. Like once you actually figure something out. And you see how shit is working and you do it your way, then people try to police you. Facts. You know, in a sense. So, um, you know, prior to this whole thing, like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm a, 
I guess I get it from my mom and maybe my dad. I'm a real old school person when it comes to handling money. Like, I don't like putting my money into places where I can't act. <laughs> oh my God. You know I'm what I'm saying? So it's just, I guess it's a, we just a product of our environment. Like, I ain't seen why people invest no bread in nothing but they fall one or, day or whole in life. mattress, you know what I'm saying? Like, for real, bro. In the like, crib. yeah, oh, my bro. mom and my mom, uh, in her 50 Bibles, <laughs> um, putting them in different pages and shit. Ma, I didn't steal from you, I promise. Oh, uh, man, I you just, know what? All your bread. <laughs> I had to get on that train, boy. Well, I needed that 225, bro. When I needed that 225, bro, I had to. You prayed on the Bible. Bro, I, need, I knew where it was, bro. I'm not going to lie, Mom. I'm sorry. Oh, I put man. that money back. I always give my mama back money anyway, so she Thanks. cool. Um, but I just, I guess we just come from a way of thinking. Or I, I, Let me speak for me. Um, I come from a way of thinking where it's like what your money is doing for you um, only exists if the dollar is tangible. So if Facts. it's like right there in front of you, you can like pick up, hold, or go spend. Um, and as and as I've gotten older, I've realized like basically, um, you know, with depreci depreciation, excuse me, the value of the dollar is constantly falling. Like it's always falling as time passes by, things get more expensive. So yeah. like the value of your dollar is diminishing, and from the school of thinking, like, well, shit, let me let me hold my bread, let me put it under my mattress, like, and not put it into areas of like passive growth or passive income, you're basically losing that money. Facts. Like the twenty that you held on since nineteen eighty ain't gonna buy you shit in twenty twenty. Like, nigga, you remember we was buying chips four for a four dollar, for a bro? Dollar. Man, bro. And now they each like what? A dollar, yeah, bro. Probably they're probably a dollar each now. So um I just think it's it's super important that, you know, we as a whole, white, black, Latino, um, we just all kind of get the knowledge as to like sitting on money isn't gonna make you no money. Like you at least the money you make, how you invest it into buying shoes, uh, watches, whatever you kind of spend your money on. I think it's important to also set aside some money into ways of passive income. So ways you can make money in the stock market or, you know, buying real estate or investing into other things. I think that stuff is super important. So please, if you can't educate yourself and I don't know if you want to add anything, anything to that, bro. Yeah, I think. A lot of people just get discouraged because Facts. of the concepts that, you know, you did just explain. Like, a lot of people want that physical, tangible cash and to be able to know, like, what's being done with it, like, mm -hmm. and have a physical result. So, like, with the stock market, like, I think you have, when you get into that, you have to always think long term. Like, yes, sir. unfortunately, like, the trend we see is like short-term investments and all of that but like that's really where you're gonna lose you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying like if we want to be completely honest because it's all based on popularity like if that we want to put it all in layman's terms the shit has to be super popular at any given moment for your money to increase right, right. not only does it have to be popular but the amount of money that you put in has to be something substantial for you to actually like see a game and Facts. keep you motivated to want to keep doing it. You know what I'm saying? So me, for instance, years ago when I was starting out, like I'm like, all right, let me throw in a hundred bucks, you know, and like I'd see a short short term gain. 
you know, I'll see like the stock itself has increased by about 75%, you know, mm-hmm. within a day. But the fact that I only put in $100, I only got like $13 increase. You know what I'm saying? I feel you, I so feel I'd be, you know, super shitty. But at the end of the day, it's like, that's what happens when you're doing it short term and if you're not putting in a large amount of money, you know? So, I, like you said, man, just research um, because. I got a lot of homies who quit their jobs just because they made bread off like the cryptocurrencies and alternatives. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> so you can you can make money off of it, but you got to put in the time, you got to put in the effort, you know, to actually do it. And aside from stock market, you know, you got foreign exchanges and things of that nature. But one thing that I just wanted to piggyback off of, or rather bring up before we, you know, moved on, was just like we had billionaires like Mark Cuban, you know, uh, what is it? embracing and pushing for this movement you know i think when all of this went down he was answering a bunch of questions on his twitter um from people and the the biggest theme or like the overarching theme that he was saying was what you guys did was excellent it was Mm -hmm. great it's just unfortunate that at this time robin hood didn't have all the money that they needed to pay you guys all out. So it just caused, like, red flags. You know what I'm saying? So he's like, next time you guys want to go full force and go go hard with something, pick, you know, an exchange or, like, a, a, a TD Ameritrade or something of that nature that actually has the capital and the funds to support, you know, all of that action and stuff that's going on. So let's keep this up. Uh, we we finna be in a pandemic for the next couple months, so uh, let's yes, get to sir. it, man, and and do your research, man. That's the that's the theme of today is do your research. Do your research. I love that. I love that. Yeah, man. Uh, Chicago. Man, where do we start, bro? Where do we start, <laughs> man? What you what you want to get into? Uh, your favorite person, Lori Lightfoot, <laughs> man. We just gonna hop straight into it, man. Uh, yeah, man. I, when I when I walked in today to shoot this episode, I had to give out an apology to my bro. Um, I think in the first episode, I kind of... Was on her side. Not on her side, but being I nice was in, Shut up. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't on her side, but I think I sang her praises a little bit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I, I kind of gassed her up a little bit. And, you know, I don't take back what I said about her as a person. But her actions now are starting to kind of erase that image of who I thought she was. So, you know, again, with any anybody that's in power, I think we kind of hold on to this ideal, idealization of who we think they are until they start showing you. So <laughs> yes, sir. with this Lori shit, man, yes, you know, I have a big soft spot in my heart for uh, Chicago public school teachers, man. Like, I know the type of kids y'all work with. Some kids are easier than others. Um, you're basically like a basically like a surrogate parent to them. Like yeah. when they're outside of their homes, basically they come to you whether it's something bad, something good, um, you know, stuff going on at home, stuff going out in the streets, all different type of stuff. Um, so to kind of see the current state of negotiations between um, you know CPS and the CTU, the Chicago Teachers Union, is, is disheartening. Um, I understand the need to get kids back into school, but at what price? So I just, what do you think about the whole situation? I know we talked about, you know, trying to get the shorties back in school, uh, episode one, so. I think, you know, in episode one, I mentioned that, you know, I go on rants because I just begin to think about a bunch of alternatives or, you know, different things that could possibly work, you know, and this is a city of Chicago. 
I mean, I know Illinois as a whole is in debt. Maybe they've gotten out of debt a little no, bit. No, we're not even close, bro. But the thing is, it's like, all right, you guys want school to be back in session so bad because kids are failing and obviously the CDC said it's okay for them to be back, but disregard that. You know, mm-hmm. like you guys are trying to help these students do better academically. Mm-hmm. All right. at the But it's being done at the expense of their health and their family's health, et cetera, et cetera. All right. So why not take some of the state's money or the city's money, provide the cheapest tablets or laptops you know, and send them to all of these kids' homes, you know, the ones who don't have access or at least, like, make a library, you know, within certain districts easily accessible for students, you know, where it's socially safe and things of that nature to really, like, help out, gee, like, because sending people back to school, like, I go, I wouldn't say I go back and forth with my dad about it, but it's like... What's your pop say? What do you he's think? one of these people who's, like, That's the only guy. way <laughs> that we can essentially like beat this virus is to expose ourselves to it obviously like don't you know put yourselves in unnecessary unfortunate circumstances but like go be outside especially now that the cdc is saying it's okay it's like Mm. go be out there and kind of strengthen your immune system pops is wildin bro pops is wildin i love your dad bro but that nigga is but he he also understands the severity of 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 everything going on right now but it's just like all right these kids some of these kids unfortunately are in terrible neighborhoods they come from bad homes you know they don't have laptops and things of that nature so it's like you gotta go back to school because the youth are our future you know what i'm saying so it's like what do you do um and then Lori Lightfoot, bro, like I said the first time, she's a joke, G. Like, I, it was a social media post hey, that came out. Every time you said that, I'm alive, bro. I, I cannot help that. That shit is hilarious to me. And uh, I think this, this earlier this week it came out that her daughter goes to private school. Word, I did see that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, all right, she's not even understand. Like, she's not even personally experiencing these problems you know because we even spoke about it in episode one we understand that private schools are probably going to do things a little bit different they got their shit together basically. you know they're going to be a bit more cautious they have a bunch of things put in action because they have parents who have spent thousands of dollars you know and who have sent all of their kids there they've either went there in the past etc so course. they like those schools have to take that stuff serious and like like I opened up, bro, Lori Lightfoot was sent here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she's yeah, just doing somebody else's dirty work. Yeah. And yeah. she's put right now in a very unfortunate circumstance. It sucks that she's a minority and we, by I, think that she's, you know, on our side. But she got to do her job. And the teachers union, man, more power to y'all. Um, gang, gang. Whatever you guys you know, end up deciding on, you know, we support you. Um, most importantly, we care about you and we understand that you are an essential worker. Yeah. Um, if you can't get vaccinated and if you have access to it, please go do it. Uh, help our kids out because they are the future. So. To, to kind of piggyback off of what my brother said, I think, uh, you know, we're low on vaccinations and I know that, you know, based on some reading I did, um, Lori sent out a contract to the CTU on Thursday, expecting a response. CTU got back to her Friday, basically being like, 
you know, we want more of our teachers to have access to vaccination. So let's let's vaccinate more teachers per week. Um, and basically they were like, yo, we can't do that. We don't have enough resources. So um, what I, are you going to do? You're right. I, you know, teachers, teachers, like you said, they're essential workers. And I think the teachers who might have pre-existing conditions themselves or their family members shouldn't be exposed to that. And the kids for sure sure as hell shouldn't be exposed to coronavirus so it's tough i heard that she's locking out teachers on monday from accessing <laughs> um mobile teaching and students as well which is crazy <laughs> bro which is insane that's amazing bro and this i just feel like our city is just headed in the wrong direction bro hey lord uh, go ask your daughter <laughs> if her teachers ever got <laughs> locked out of their shit <laughs> you know, you out here doing some wild ass shit, but <laughs> chill, bro. It's all chill. good. <laughs> Man. Oh my god. On that note, let's just leave Lori in the past. <laughs> yeah, I'm done with Lori, bro. I, like I said, when we started today, you know, I had to apologize to my bro. Um Lori Lori hasn't really shown me anything for me to be like I'm full fledged on her. Like besides the uh I think she was able to help put Wi-Fi in certain places. Like, that's the only thing, like, I can honestly say. Yeah, like, I can't... Off the top of my mind, bro, I can't think of anything that's, like, super, like... Uh, basically, I'll throw on my Lori Lightfoot cape on and, and, and defend you. Like, Facts. I, as a Chicagoan myself, I just personally haven't seen it. So, um, I know it's a tough job. Chicago's a tough city. Um but yeah, I, I can't put on that cape anymore. I can't really do that to try to save you no more. Lori. Only Lori we support is Harvey. I try. To... <laughs> That's a oh, whole nother story. Oh, bro. bro. Uh, shit, this is a great segue into NBA All-Star game. Maybe she got a new boyfriend by then. Man, that's sick. <laughs> she, you been, she been with some some killers, though. I will, I will with some snipers for sure. I, I'll give her that. She's a sniper herself, actually. Now Man. I think about it. Bang, bang. Yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. Pops voice. How do you um, feel about, um? you know, obviously we're having um, the NBA All-Star Game in Atlanta this year. I believe it's in March. Um, we've had some players speak out about it. I think LeBron notoriously <laughs> basically was like, Fuck this shit. We ain't trying to go. It's a slap in the face. De'Aaron Fox spoke out about it and said it's Giannis. stupid. Giannis. What Giannis say? He said... Shout out to my Nigerian brother, man. He Shout said, I am in support of everything LeBron said. And he was like, you guys <laughs> want to have an all-star game and we can't even see our families? I'd rather yeah. see my family first, you know? so Or take a break because they cut down the season and shit, too. So it's... We know it's all about money, bro. Just like everything else that's been going on right now. It's all about money. Um, unfortunately, like, we see all of these big contracts these players are signing and stuff now. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that came from the TV deals that they signed. Mm. So, unfortunately, these games have to be played and they have to be televised. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, these are grown men. When this season started, they had a choice, you know what I'm saying, to either play or opt out. You know what I'm saying? If you chose to play, hey, do what you got to do. Follow all safety precautions, do all of that because you made a choice. Ain't nobody holding you by your neck telling you you have to go out there and go play. You right, know what I'm but saying? This is this is my my see the thing is, I don't I think the players were under the assumption that there wasn't going to be all-star game. That's facts. I think they were under the assumption that in Atlanta at that. Right. <laughs> right. So I think they were under the assumption that 
based on what I got from LeBron, LeBron basically was like, yo, y'all told us that we would have this time off. Money, 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 money. You feel me? So these these um, TV sponsors like Turner Sports or whatever, um, you know, basically signed these contracts and they got to pay the players and all that and need their network deal money and, and all that shit. But you cut down the season. Number one, this man, I'm, a, I'm just speaking from LeBron. This man went to the bubble. Yeah. Was 90 away days. 90, no family, nothing, bro. Won a, a, a ring, which is stamped in my mind. Like, that's super stamped because that's mentally, like, that's a different type of champion right yes, there. So that, that's, that's stamped different to me. Um, so you cut down the season. You got fucking all this COVID shit. These niggas getting tested every day. Just for you to throw it back in their face and be like, uh, nah, we actually need y'all to come in and play. Um, it's like you said, it's a slap in the face. I believe um, the players, especially with a shortened season, deserve the rest. I think they need some time to kind of be with their families. Man. Um, having it in Atlanta, I think, is weird to me because you're pushing all of this narrative as, you know, let's vaccinate our, or let's test our players. Um, let's stay socially distant. Let's not have players dap up after the games. Let's not have you exchange jerseys. But... I'm going to put all you guys in the city that's open. That's busting. Yeah, it's Atlanta, bro. Like, nigga, you think people not going to Magic City, bro? You think people not trying to get them wings? I have a conspiracy theory that the reason why Gucci and Jeezy stopped their beef is because they knew the All-Star game was coming to Atlanta, and they knew they was going to make some money. So they put that shit to the side just so they can make some bread. That's that's me, because I, I love that, conspiracy theories. But the timing of it all just makes sense to me. So um, That's a good one right there. Bro, I didn't, even think, I didn't yeah, even think about that. I don't know if you saw Love Watt, man. I love Gucci, man. And I, I, I remember <laughs> Gucci just before they did the verses... Gucci would put up these videos where he went to the bank with uh, what's what's my man's name? Uh, P P. Yeah. Um, he would go to the bank with P, and just withdraw a million dollars every time, and this nigga just be laughing, and I didn't know what it was. I, you know what I'm saying? I didn't know there was a versus coming, bro. This man just go to the bank, put up his little video, then two days later the video would be gone. Then the verses got Cap, dropped. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, ah, oh. so they. They paid this man. Swizz and Tim probably paid him. Was like, okay, we'll put up this upfront money. You can say what you want about Pookie Logue. You can, you know what I'm saying? Oh, Talk about it. Look at man. my opponent and all this shit. Um, but I think they saw a bigger play uh, for the city of Atlanta. Atlanta. You know, um, yeah, they just had their whole political thing happen in Atlanta as well. So it just seemed like the yeah, right ingredients yeah. was kind of sprinkled in. Because the only other places, like, realistically, realistically that they could have had it probably would have been like texas right take it back to um what is that disneyland in, in orlando. orlando but mm-hmm. the g league you know is starting up in there in the bubble down there shout out to beans he out there working shout out to my boy beans yeah. man. i miss you kid um or like take it out there to cali but shit's going too crazy um in cali and i also think that they didn't take it to Texas, because isn't that where Ted Cruz is? And we all know he's just like that radical, like, <laughs> Republican. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, for real, for real. But, yeah, man, I mean, <laughs> I'm against it, but at the end of the day, I understand it, because it's about the dollar. And If you got tickets to go to the Austin, say they did have, I mean, I don't know if they let it fans in, but let's say they did, and they get your ass two tickets to go, would you go? 
I'm out. I'm out there, bro. I'm that's the all. I'm that's the all. I'm gonna game. get vaccinated. Somehow. Oh, bro. Oh, bro. <laughs> you go. You go to. You get to check out the one that was in the city at all. What? The All Star game that passed. No, in. I did not. Okay, I did okay, not. Okay. Um, I actually went out that weekend though. Where? Um, saw like Freddie Gibbs and all of that. Gangsta so Gibbs. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty tough. Um, that's, that's what's up. That's what's up. Um, but yeah, man. On that note, um, I just think we can. If you don't have anything else to say on the NBA All Star, we can just hit I'm this done. last, last lighter segment of the day. Uh, just talk about all these challenges we've been seeing on social media, um, from a <laughs> from a lighthearted perspective, and then just from like a a great perspective. I think one y'all crazy as hell for being out here busting it being naked doing all of that but i'm not. I'm in full support of y'all i support women's bodies i want y'all to dance you know what i'm saying silhouette challenge busted challenge whatever it take i'm in full support if you want here complain for me i'm rocking just i'm against it because there's too many perverts out here folks like it's it's some yeah, crazy so you be reading the comments bro don't do that yeah, don't, do that. don't do that facts. don't do that things don't be do crazy that. joe just look at appreciate the video for what it is bro i the only the only time I look at comments online is if I see a funny tweet nine times out of ten, the, the comments, comments is going crazy. The comments is funnier than the fucking what? original tweet, I bro. I swear, I swear. But when it comes to like videos and you know it's gonna be niggas that's hating, yeah. niggas that's saying this about the your perverts. body, yeah, the lame. So I'm in full support of y'all. What's shorty name? That Beyonce, Chloe and Chloe, Hattie. yeah, yeah. I am in full support. <laughs> I'm a fan. I think and Chloe I and uh, Jordan Woods had the best little busted challenge. Oh, I love Jordan Woods. Even bro. Then Chloe, Chloe, the one who started the silhouette joint too. So she's she? been going. She's been going crazy. I think when she had hit some record or award or some, she it wasn't a red room, but she had did like a dark room dance joint. Blah blah blah. Uploaded the video, and then I think from that night on, like the whole silhouette joint started. But. You I, get, do you I, get permission to watch the silhouette challenges, or you got you got parental block on your shit? I got parental block on my shit. Thank, thank, thank the Lord. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I couldn't even finish that one. <laughs> but um, I love you, girl. <laughs> but um, oh, man. I think no. Like aside from th- them videos being like breaking the net, I think it's great. It's a great avenue to just continue to show, like, the creativity, you know, that mm. we do have to take things, you know, take very minimal things and just go viral. Um, just, like, I think people take for granted, like, what you have to do to make these videos. Like, you actually have to chop them up, you know, right. co- connect them, like, you know, take some time. Like, it probably takes a few takes, so people are putting in energy and effort into them. Uh, I'm really loving the creativity, and I just think... The fact that, you know, there is something called, like, Black Twitter or, like, you know, like, the fact that we are the culture. This is just continuing to showcase it and stop doing shit for free, man. (laughs) I agree. I agree. I know uh, you're super big into marketing, so I know that challenges are a good way to, you know, for music promo. Yeah. Get people to, like, which is also a a weird and sad thing, too, because... That song, the Buster song, I'm not, I don't know who the, the artist Eric, is. Erica Banks. Okay, shout out to Miss Erica Banks. I think the song is great. Like, I no I just lie. feel like sometimes people just, you don't even listen to the whole song. You just listen to that 15 seconds or whatever. Um, 
So I don't know how effective it is, but I know when I was riding around listening to it on the radio, like it's getting mad playing right. the radio and shit like that. So which which to your point, dog, I think there was a video going viral about how when she performed that song for the very first time, oh, she was yeah, getting booed and like mugs one rocking that. with it, and then it just took for a challenge, you know, on TikTok. For her to go crazy, you know, mm-hmm. and get the recognition that she deserved and pretty sure that joint about to be played in all the clubs, all the strip clubs, you know, and things of that nature. And Get Nelly on the remix since you sampled on you the feel song. Me? It's only right. It's only right. So it's like, to using her as an example, don't ever give up on your dreams, man. You know, it's, it's always, there's always that right opportunity. You just got to keep hustling and keep going for it. And that shit going to come. For like real. Like uh, Fabio say, viral movie, you know? You know? but yeah man um i think this was another great episode i know to close out this month we got some special guests for y'all you know to really talk about black history month and hit on some important topics that we think you all should know about um it'd be great to hear from these established individuals you know in their respective professions and looking forward to giving them people that content I agree. And again, I just want to send a shout out to everybody that reached out to us after the first episode. Um, A lot of people kept it 100 with things that we said and things we were about, you know, kind of offering constructive criticism, um, showing us a bunch of love. And it means a lot because, again, like this is a great creative outlet for me and my bro. I think uh, we're both very intelligent people, a good head on our shoulders and just having a community behind us. Like, again, we're not... um, perfect you know we're not Stuart Scott and 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 Shannon Sharp or whoever like I'm a know, nigga trying to make it you feel me we, <laughs> we we from we're grassroots you know and we we honestly like want to put 100% of our being into making this uh, great content and yes yeah, it for me man so love yep. episode two episode two gang gang all right all right perfect perfect <laughs>